Bengals high and deep. Touchdown, Wisconsin! And this game is underway with a bang! This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Bucks took down the Sixers last night. And then after that, the Rockets beat the Lakers. A really, really fun night of hoops last night. Of course, Thursday night, doubleheader on TNT. The first of those two games, the Bucks and the Sixers. You heard that on WKTY. Ted Davis, Justin Garcia, and the Bucks winning a close, but a, but a very exciting game against the Sixers at home. They kept Joel Embiid in check. Giannis was phenomenal. Chris Middleton was great. Pfizer form looked awesome. They had the black jerseys. A really, really fun night of hoops. And last night, I I was up for it all. I learned a couple of things. Uh, I learned that when I stay up to watch the end of the West Coast game, uh, I need a lot of coffee the next day because I feel like I'm still trying to wake up. You know, I think the the second game went until close to midnight last night, but it was close. Rockets-Lakers, it was fascinating to watch. Rockets without a center. The Lakers playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis, not a team I get to watch a whole lot. So last night I was taking advantage of that, staying up until almost midnight, and that's almost killed me today. And I'm just getting started. I got to go to a game in Alaska tonight, so I don't know how I'm going to make. I don't know how I'm going to make it through. But the more important thing I learned last night: the Bucks are better than we think, and we think the Bucks are pretty good relative to the rest of the NBA. The Bucks are better than we give them credit for. The Sixers shot 42 percent from three last night. The Bucks won by double digits. The Lakers were playing a Rockets team without a center. P.J. Tucker, who's a wing defender, was playing center most of the night. And the Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And the Lakers couldn't get it done. The Rockets won. We, we idolize. We, we put the Lakers and the Clippers, we put these teams on a pedestal and we think, well, you know, maybe the Bucks have a chance in the finals. No, 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 no. The Bucks are a much, 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 much better team than sometimes even I think. And I think the Bucks are incredible. Sometimes I fall into this trap of, well, the Bucks are great, but they're not the Lakers. They're not the Clippers. No, they're every bit as good as the other elite teams, those teams in the Western Conference, and they might just be better. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Happy Friday. We're going to talk so much basketball today, a lot of hoops. We're going to talk a lot about the Bucks and their game against the Sixers last night. Let's be real. 82 regular season games. Not everyone is compelling to watch and to listen to. Not everyone is entertaining. Last night was a good one. Last night was a game you get every couple of weeks with a, with another really, really good rival team, whether that's the Sixers, in the case of last night from the Eastern Conference, or a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was even months ago now, when the Bucks played the Lakers on a Thursday night. Okay, well, that's a matchup you got to tune in. Not every Bucks game is must-watch television, even though they're winning and winning and winning and winning. Not every game is entertaining. Not every game feels big and feels important. Last night did. Bucks beating the Pistons, or the, not the Pistons, but the Sixers by double digits. We're going to talk a lot about this game today. Let's start with this. There's an old saying in sports. You hear this all the time, not just in basketball, but here in football, you hear it in baseball. You are what your record says you are. It's a very old cliche. You are what your record says you are. Well, if we were to apply that logic to the Bucks, who are 44 and 7, that would mean they're the best team in the NBA. Best team by far in the Eastern Conference, with a much better record than the Lakers and the Clippers in the West as well. You are what your record says you are. If that logic applies, then the Bucks 
are the best team in the NBA. I think that logic is is player-driven. You are what your record says you are. I think that comes from coaches, comes from players. That logic comes from people who are a part of these games. Now, in the NBA especially, there are a lot of contradictory arguments to this logic. Like, well, things slow down in the playoffs. The game changes in the playoffs. It's refereed differently in the playoffs. Well, the postseason is all about stars. And, oh, well, these games are different when you're playing the same team seven times in two and a half weeks. There's all these arguments that, that, that downplay the importance of the regular season and the importance of your regular season record. All of those things directly contradict the old school logic of you are what your record says you are. And then I, I think those narratives come from the media. They come from writers. They come from fans. Because then we can kind of shape the narrative any way you want, right? Well, the postseason is all about stars. So even though the Sixers are the sixth seed in the East and they've lost a couple of games in a row and they're terrible on the road, remember, the postseason is all about stars and the Sixers have the stars, unlike the Bucks. See, you can, you can use logic to kind of twist the narrative to fit your team. I think it's a combination of both. I think your record is important. I think the regular season is important. But I do think things change slightly in the postseason. But, but listen to some of these arguments. It's about stars. Things slow down in the playoffs. The game's officiated differently in the playoffs. Well, it's different when you're playing the same team seven times in 15 days. Well, what do those cliches mean? And we just accept them, right? You hear them on talk shows all the time. You're on first take on ESPN or Colin Cowherd on Fox. You hear that logic all the time. And we just kind of accept those cliches. Well, wait a second. You say it's all about stars. Is Giannis Antetokounmpo not a star? Is he not arguably the best player in the NBA? Well, things slow down in the playoffs. Well, did you watch last night? The Bucks they're actually pretty good in the half court. They don't need to run in transition to score. Well, it's different when you're playing the same team seven times in, in 15 days, in two and a half weeks. Well, is, is Mike Budenholzer, is he all of a sudden not a good coach? One coach of the year last year. So there's all these cliches that get thrown out to downplay the importance of the regular season and to downplay every team's regular season record. The Bucks are elite. They're elite. And not just regular season elite. I've said how many times? That the Bucks are the best regular season team in the NBA. And it's not close. And that's played out. Like, I've been pretty dead on on that. Have I not? Right now, the NBA standings. The, the, the Bucks are so much better than everyone else when it comes to winning games. Now, we'll see how the postseason goes. But as far as the regular season, the Bucks are so much better than everybody. They're 44-7. and seven. The next closest team is the Lakers, who are 38-12. and 12. Good amount of separation there. The Bucks lead their conference by seven games. By seven games. And they lead the Lakers, who if you just ignored conference, they lead the Lakers by five and a half games. The Bucks are much better than every other team because this team is built to win as many games as possible throughout the regular season. They're deep. They can rotate a lot of bodies. Last night you saw the importance of Robin Lopez, who doesn't get the conversation, doesn't get the spotlight like Anthony Davis or LeBron and Giannis and Joel and Bede and Ben Simmons. But players like Robin Lopez, that's how you win as many regular season games as possible. So you have depth. You have options sitting on your bench. The Bucks are the best regular season team in the NBA, and it's not close. And we've known that for some time, and I have been saying that for some time. But we're into February now. We're almost to the All-Star break. And we're going to be at the NBA, play the NBA playoffs before you know it. 
it's time to start pivoting. It's time to start looking forward. The Bucks are not just an elite regular season team. This Bucks team is as every bit as good or better than the Lakers, than the Clippers. And of course, than the the Celtics, the Sixers, the Raptors, which we already know because we've seen the Bucks match up with those teams many times. And they beat them. And that's why they're leading the Eastern Conference by almost double-digit games. Right? They lead the Eastern Conference by the second-place Toronto Raptors, lead them by seven games. It's time to start pivoting our logic and our thinking from the regular season towards the postseason. And all the conversations about the Lakers, all the conversations about the Clippers, and it's easy when we only hear about LeBron and only hear about Kawhi to think, well, the Bucks are great in the regular season, but I, I don't know. Clippers are really good. Lakers are really good. No, the Bucks are every bit as good as the Clippers. In fact, I think they're better than the Clippers, and they're better than the Lakers. Did you watch the Lakers game last night? Even for a little bit. You didn't have to stay up for the whole thing like I did. The Rockets' tallest player who started is 6'5", 6'6". P.J. Tucker was playing center. The Lakers have LeBron and Anthony Davis, who are two of the biggest, strongest, most powerful players in the world. And they couldn't score. They couldn't score. Rockets have no center. The Rockets have no shot blocker, no rim protector. They traded away Clint Capella, and the Lakers couldn't score. And I'm supposed to be scared of that team? Right? Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, are they ever healthy and playing at the same time? I'm supposed to be scared of that team? It's time to start thinking more about the postseason, less about the regular season. Look, the Bucs, they've got this regular season thing down. They're better than any other team. They're constructed better than any other team. They're coached better than any other team. And they have the right attitude, more so than any other team, to win as many games as possible. And that has played out over every single game, every single week, every single month so far in the regular season. And we've been banging that drum since day one of the regular season. But it's time to start thinking about the postseason. The Bucs are so good. The Bucs are so good. And this title is up for grabs. This title is absolutely up for grabs. There's no favorite. And if there was a favorite, it should be the Milwaukee Bucks. Because going off the games we have so far, I, what reason do you have to believe otherwise? What reason have the Lakers or the Clippers or the Sixers or the Celtics or the Heat, what reason have any of those teams given you to believe that they could beat the Bucks four times out of seven? I haven't seen one yet. And, and if you think you have, I, I, think you were, I think you were drunk. I think you were, <laughs> I don't think you were watching very carefully because the Bucks are outclassing the entire NBA last night. The Sixers, look at this. The Sixers last night shot 42% from three. And the Bucks won by double digits. Unreal. When we come back, uh, we're going to be joined by our friend Rick Solom. He hosts Lacrosse Talk PM on our sister station, WIZM. And Rick's favorite league is the NBA. We're going to talk a little bit about the trade deadline, whether or not the Bucks should have done something. You know that I was perfectly okay with the Bucks doing absolutely nothing. I will imagine that Rick, as he normally does, will play the heel and say the Bucks should have made a move. We'll talk to Rick Solom about the NBA, about the Bucks. A lot of talk about hoops today on the Wisco Sports Show. I'm excited. A lot coming up. This is the Wisco Sports Show presented by Played Against Sports. Back in a moment here on WKTY. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. As we do every Friday, we're going to join our friend who is doing his thing on our sister station, WIZM. That's Rick Solom uh, for some crosstalk. Rick, what's going on? Hey, what's up? I'm I'm yelling about 
people watching the Badgers this season when the Bucks are the best team in the NBA. Dude, all right, we should we should talk more because that's like every day over here. The Bucks, <laughs> dude, the Bucks are incredible. Did you watch either of those games last night? Or were you were you out working out? Were you out actually I, doing physical activity? I was volleyballing. That's I'm always volleyballing. You're an actual athlete. I just watch athletes. <laughs> That's the difference. But uh, the 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 Bucks best record in the NBA didn't make a move at the trade deadline, and I was like, mm, you could probably do something. You got that number one pick. Couldn't you do something with it? I know we have the best record, but regular season is not postseason. This is true. And the Bucks are a play hard team. You know what? I, I was thinking about this last night. So when your team is practicing and your best player, maybe he's a senior on your team, he could be a high schooler, if he's just kind of going through the motions, the rest of your team is just going to kind of go through the motions. He's setting an example of how hard you guys are going to work in the offseason, in practice. You know, the game's the game. You're probably going to work hard in the game, but any other time. So your best player sets that example. What what does Giannis Antetokounmpo do for a, a sports team, right? For a basketball team, for the Bucks, he's one hundred ten percent all the time, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say that? Absolutely. So the Bucks are nobody else can you know even like uh, who's the most veteran player? Is Brooke Lopez the most, Wesley Matthews? Maybe uh, I think Wesley Matthews is his eleventh year. I mean, maybe Joe, Kyle Corver is probably Korver. the old, it depends. Yeah, like bench starter, but there's some there's some veterans on this team. Yeah, and those guys are weird because they're just shooters and kind of. But those guys are going to go a hundred percent in practice because the dude named Giannis is going a hundred and ten percent in practice. They're not going to slack off. No. So regular season NBA, 82 games. It's too long. We all agree about that, but money's a thing in this world. Yes, it so is. The, the season's too long, <laughs> but your best player goes 110% every game. He's diving, he's, he's, and uh, he's always mad. He gets a dunk, and he's like, I'm mad. And yes. he's all, you know, like, I don't know why he's mad. He got, hey, you got a dunk, man. Like, you should be laughing. <laughs> uh, but so the rest of the team, so the Bucks are the best, have the best record in the NBA because – they have to follow Giannis's lead, and they have to go 110%. They have to win all these regular season games. Meanwhile, veteran teams, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a hard to do this because the Lake, the Lakers are the second best team, and they have the you know this old LeBron James guy who is noted for taking se- you know games off during the season yep. during the game, right? But the, like these regular season teams, like it's kind of a battle of a, attrition almost. You, it's a it's a marathon, and you got to pace yourself. And the Bucks don't necessarily do that. So once they get to the playoffs, these other teams to kind of turn it up a notch. The Clippers are a perfect example of that. They'll turn it up a notch come the playoffs. Yeah, I. I don't think it's a bad thing that the Bucks are trying harder because I think the Bucks are constructed like they're able to do this. Like they have a lot of players they can rotate through. They can play eight or nine guys. They have a deeper bench than the Clippers or the Lakers, and they're and they're younger. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I like Rick. I think if you talk to any high school coach, middle school coach, or a or a professional coach at any level, they want their best player to be their hardest worker. Yeah, I mean, right? I, mean I mean, it's a stupid theory to to bring up when you put it like that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is what I'm getting back. I'll reel it back in here. Okay. Uh, the Bucks. You talk about the Bucks have too many. They have a lot of players, a lot of good quality players. Well, when you get in the postseason, you need seven players. Mm-hmm. So they're eight, nine, ten guys that they use quite often, right? They've got a, probably a ten man rotation if you if you want to grab you know that tenth guy. Yeah, maybe. it depends on the night, but yeah, um, you know because like Giannis is averaging what twenty nine minutes a game, something like very. When, him and Middleton are both very low. They they're not overworked. Yeah. So when we get to the playoffs, those minutes will go up, and these bottom feeder guys will will take you know they're gone. So. Why don't we trade some of these assets and upgrade so when we get to the playoffs, 
the top seven guys are better than what the Bucks have, you know, five, uh, six through nine. I don't disagree with your logic. I, 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 have, I have a question for you, Rick. So I was looking at the box score. The Bucks had a couple of guys, DJ Wilson, Sterling Brown, two guys that didn't play last night that maybe could maybe could be trade pieces, young developing players, right? I think they think really highly of Dante DiVincenzo in a way that they probably don't about DJ Wilson and Sterling Brown. So I don't disagree that they have some guys in their reserves on their bench that they could trade. I don't know who they were going to go get. Like that, that yeah. would that would upgrade their roster. They could no doubt probably have turned DJ Wilson, Sterling Brown, and a pick into a player, but like, would that player have improved the team? Like, what player do you have in mind? Yeah, no, and I don't, I don't even have a player in mind per se, because then that's where my theory really goes to the tank. But, sure. but was there even rumors that the Bucks were going to do anything? I mean, not really. Like, the, the only veteran player that a contender made a move for, the Clippers got Marcus Morris. Like, that was about it. Like, these teams, these contending teams, are are pretty much cemented. Like, there haven't really been rumors. Like, LeBron, the the trade rumors have been relatively non-existent for a LeBron team, which is different than the last couple of years. I think the the teams at the top of both conferences are, for the most part, set. Like, Philly added a couple of shooters. We have have an NBA, a league, that is much like the world and where we have an upper class. Yep. And we have a lower class, and we don't really have a middle class. Nope. George Hill, I'm looking at salaries. George Hill's middle class, $9 million a year. But he's making like a middle middle amount of money there. Like he's a decent player, mm-hmm. making okay money. He's a guy that you could, you know, so the Bucks need, that's that's who you would ship. You would ship like a George Hill, but I, would, I don't want to. I'm saying that's who, you need to make these salaries work. So if you're going to upgrade... Robin Lopez, five million. George Hill, nine million. You take those two salaries and you get a fifteen million player back. Yeah, I see. I'm looking at the Bucks roster right now. I think starting five matches up with just about everybody else's starting five. Like, like you talked about how the Bucks' strength is in their bench, about going eight and nine and ten deep, and you can't do that in the postseason. I think the Bucks' starting five plus Ursan Ilyasova, Dante Divincenzo, and George Hill. Like, I think that's a pretty good six seven. You can use Robin Lopez depending on matchups. And you have Kyle Korver, too. I, well, I don't know if West the Bucks, Math, right? Well, or yeah, you're West starting. Ma- you're he's starting, starting West Matthews, yeah, okay. yeah. So, I, like, I don't know if the Bucks... I think the Bucks are better constructed for the playoffs than they were a year ago. Will you, will you at least agree with me that people just don't need to watch the Badgers this year if the Bucks are on? Oh, just, absolutely. Just go watch the Bucks. What you, are we doing? You should look for anything else to watch. I <laughs> Yesterday, Rick, I spent 15 minutes talking about how I don't understand why people, like, are watching college basketball. Because the Big Ten, the home team wins. Like, nine out of ten games. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, Penn State could get beaten by Nebraska one night and then come home and hang. They hung 100 on Iowa the other night. Like, it's just whoever is at home. Like, that's who's winning. And now that Kobe King isn't on the Badgers, I really, I don't know, man. I, I have no interest. It's The Bucks are so much more fun to watch. Yeah, and then there's a story on Kobe King. I don't know. That you, you heard that, right? There's yeah, I some, talked about it yesterday. Some- some racial allegations from a trainer or something. And you got to wonder, is Kobe King related to that? But it seems like maybe not. Well, I I think, I think this is what happened. Rick, if I, if I had to guess is that Kobe King was unhappy for all the reasons that we already knew. And he was transferring. But if, if there is an instance of racism, sexism, anything like that, that can play into eligibility in the fall. Like Justin Fields, the quarterback at Ohio state transferred from Georgia and was eligible to play right away because he had similar claims, there were similar allegations at Georgia, which may or may not have been the reason he left, but conveniently paired with the reasons that he left allowed him to play right away. I, I wonder if that 
plays into this Kobe King situation. So this this is your theory in, in allowing Kobe King to play in Division One next year? I don't think it's bit. the reason that Kobe transferred. I think it was convenient that it also happened, and that yeah. might make well, him eligible to play. It's yeah. a weird. It's a, that's a weird way to put it, but yeah, I understand. I mean, it's convenient for Kobe King that something racially charged yeah happened and now he can at least maybe point to that when he wants to transfer sure. otherwise he's going to be playing at Winona State next year yeah he, he won't be eligible to play in division one unless there's some type of extenuating circumstance this might qualify as an extenuating circumstance um I know you're not a big movie buff but I watched the Birds of Prey movie last night yep and it's it's all right it's a it's an origin story to Harley Quinn the the Joker's that's the ex- suicide the suicide squad girl. yeah the yeah. Joker's ex-girlfriend essentially and it's just about her. There's some other fringe characters, and I won't do any spoilers. Uh, but 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 when the movie ended, because it's a comic book movie, everyone's sitting in the theater, and I'm like, "What are we doing? Let's go!" And your date wouldn't let you go. And, and she's like, "No, we gotta <laughs> we gotta watch the end credits because something might happen." I go, "No, it's a DC movie. Nothing happens." She's like, oh, "Let me look it up." So everyone, every nobody left the theater. So she's looking it up, and there's nothing. And she's like, "Well." It doesn't say there's any scenes, so like action scenes or whatever. But she says that you have to stick around for the end credits because something happens. And I'm like, what are we doing? Something. Something. So no scenes. So it must just be a picture, right? Because it's not going to be a a video of any sort. So I'm like, so the the credits roll and the first round of credits is kind of funky. There's like animation to it. Yeah. And it's it's not, it's not interesting, but it's animated. And then that ends and there's nothing. And then the black screen comes with the credits that roll straight down white, white. And, and we're sitting there and people, now people are leaving. And I'm like, well, are we going to go? And she, she's a big <laughs> Harley Quinn fan. She's like, no, we got to, we got to see what happens. And then like the Marcus theater workers start coming in because they got to clean up. Of course. And, and then she's like, oh, maybe we should go because this is awkward now because these guys want to like get out of here too. See, Rick, that's just why I don't go on dates is that exact <laughs> situation. And and honestly... Or the movies. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. what time did the movie wrap up? It was a late movie, so it was it was the last movie of the night, I think. Is that like 2 a.m.? No, it like, was probably midnight-ish. See, that's when the Lakers and the Rockets were wrapping up. So <laughs> I was watching peacefully in my living room. I was able to stop watching whenever I wanted. I was not tied down by a date, and I was not stuck in a movie theater. So that's... That's that's why I avoid movies and dates. On top of that, you didn't eat movie theater popcorn and then get just a little bit sick because you probably shouldn't eat buttered filled popcorn as a 40 year old. Not at least like an entire tub, like pounds and pounds of popcorn. Probably yeah, not. I might have did that. <laughs> might have did that. Well, Rick, are you talking about movies with your uh, with your crew <sighs> well, over there? Is that no, what you're doing I just today? I wanted to get that out. I might I might I, I'm, I'm going to talk about a couple other things. Uh, there's, there's some weird teacher got arrested for something about cameras in a uh, air fresheners with his whole. He took they had a field trip. Yeah. And uh, the teacher got busted putting cameras in like the hotel room fire you know, uh, fire detectors and air fresheners. And then one of the students tried to use the air freshener and was like, uh, that's there's a camera in here. So that's just whack. like, what? Uh, Cottage Grove, Wisconsin teacher. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit sure. I like, I, I'm not sure what goes on in your station, but like conversation like that, like that's something I can, that's just fun conversation to have. Fun and <laughs> awkward. For I don't sure. know how long I'm going to spend on it, but I was looking at the story and I'm like, ah. Uh, well, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you'll find a way to argue with your listeners, Rick, so enjoy that. Have a good rest They'll of your show, way, man. Sure. All right. Thanks, Grant. <laughs> That's Rick Solom, a uh, host of Lacrosse Talk PM over on our sister station, WIZM. And something I love about Rick is we'll be talking about sports, and he likes to talk about sports on Fridays, which is why we join each other. 
And then Rick goes into talking about his date last night. And like, yeah, we're also talking about a teacher who's putting cameras and air fresheners in Cottage Grove, Wisconsin. Like, it's just an eclectic mess. And it's a whole lot of fun over there. I, and and they, they'll they find a way to argue about it because that's the way politics and political shows work. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about, uh, I want to continue to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. Something jumped out to me last night and it reminded me of the Green Bay Packers, especially at the end of the year when things started to come together for the Green Bay Packers. And I thought things were going the best for the Green Bay Packers when Matt LaFleur as a first-year head coach started to hit his stride. Something I saw with the Bucks reminded me of something I saw with the Packers. I want to talk about that, and we'll also preview tonight's local game, Sparta at Onalaska. You can hear that game later tonight. We'll touch on that right before 6 o'clock as well. Friday Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Back in a moment, presented by Played Against Sports. Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. With me, your host. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Happy Friday. We have some awesome local action tonight. Sparta visiting on Alaska. So for those of you who say that I only like Central, only want to talk about Central, I will be at on Alaska tonight. And I'm an Onalaska fan as well, which I know goes against everything. Like, I've talked to a couple of coworkers who have had kids who go to Central or went to Central themselves. And I guess it's you can't really do that. You can't be a Central and an Onalaska fan. But I'd like to think as a as an unbiased third party, <laughs> I can cheer for both teams. So I'll be at Onalaska tonight. We'll talk more about that game coming up in a few minutes. I'm excited for the weekend, watching some hoops. The XFL starts this weekend, so you know Dave and Scrady will absolutely be nerding out over that and talking about that on Monday morning. I'm still reliving and enjoying last night's NBA doubleheader. Uh, Thursday nights, of course, they do a doubleheader on TNT. The first game was the Bucks and the Sixers. That game was also right here on WKTY. The Bucks ended up winning. 112 to 101. Then the Rockets and the Lakers played later, and the Rockets won. I felt pretty lucky. I actually had an opportunity to sit down and watch the Lakers because they're the team that everybody talks about. However, they always play before or play after everyone goes to bed. So last night, I actually had a good opportunity to watch that game. That was a blast, too. And I've been tired all day, and I've been paying for it. The Bucs got it done last night, and I don't think the Bucs played their absolute best game. The Sixers shot 42% from three, and the Bucs won by double digits. Those two tip those. Two things typically don't go hand in hand. Like if the opposition shooting above 40% from three, you start to have an issue. Not really. Uh, the Bucks turned it on in the third quarter at the end of the third quarter and then just kept the Sixers at bay throughout the final frame at Pfizer form last night. Yesterday was the trade deadline and, and I was okay with the Bucks not doing anything. And, and I just talked to Rick and, and Rick bless his heart was saying, well, the Bucks couldn't add anyone. You couldn't add anyone. Well, I don't know exactly who they were supposed to add. Like there weren't a lot of great options. My whole point was, if the Bucks can add a superstar player that will no doubt tilt the odds in their favors, okay, do it. Otherwise, you're just going to be bringing in a guy to bring in a guy. And that's that's just a waste of everybody's time, right? I think the Bucks have an advantage over the Lakers, the Clippers, the Heat, the Celtics, the Sixers to an extent, but not as much. The Bucks have continuity over the Lakers, the Clippers, the Heat, the Celtics. The Lakers brought in Anthony Davis. They traded away their young core. The Clippers brought in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and now we're trying to make that work. The Heat brought in Jimmy Butler. They drafted Tyler Harrell. Bam out of Bayou is getting better. They're going through transitions while they improve and while they uh, turn themselves into a contender. The Celtics added Kemba Walker. Ditch Kyrie Irving added Kemba Walker. They're making changes. They lost Al Horford as well. The Bucks have continuity. This has been, by and large, the same team for the last couple of years. They have the advantage of growth. 
and maturation. And they've accumulated all of this playoff experience together, although most of it losing playoff experience. They have a lot of losing playoff experience. They've learned how to win together. Or maybe more importantly, they've learned how not to lose because they have lost so many playoff series the last couple of years and got so close before ultimately blowing it against the Raptors last year. This team has grown together, learned together, matured together, and they've accrued experience, which is valuable, and it's something the Lakers, the Clippers, the Heat, the Celtics don't have, at least not on the level that Milwaukee has. A lot of experience. It's been the same team the last couple of years. Not to mention, Giannis gets better Every single year. Like Giannis is that superstar that improves in just about every category every single year. And you might think, well, every NBA player gets better every year. And they're like, well, what about Ben Simmons? The book has been out on Ben Simmons for three years. He's got to learn how to shoot. And he hasn't learned how to shoot. Giannis has learned how to shoot. He's not an elite shooter. He's not a great shooter. But he's competent. Ben Simmons won't even try. So the Bucks have the advantage of continuity, growth, maturity. They've accrued losing experience in the playoffs. They've gone through those heartbreaks, which hopefully motivates them and and, and gives them advantage this time around. And of course, their best player gets better at everything every single year. He's like a, he's like a he's like a line graph that is always trending up. It's a linear progression always going up 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 up, which is the advantage that the Sixers don't have with their superstar Ben Simmons. He's not getting better. Joel Embiid isn't getting his body into better shape. The Bucks have a lot of advantages over their closest competition. And last night and last year, the Bucks showed signs of growth and maturation with Coach Budenholzer. Because before, they were stuck with Jason Kidd, who was basically a sack of flour, and then Joe Prunty, who if Jason Kidd is a sack of flour, I don't know what that makes Joe Prunty. Last year, they were incredible in the third quarter, and they were damn near invincible after a loss. Meaning, they respond to their coach at halftime. They make changes, they come out and execute, and they end games in the third quarter. They can adapt. They lose a game, they come back, they fix it, they adjust, they listen to their coach, and they win. They didn't lose back-to-back games last year until when? April? I can't even remember. And I think it only happened once in the regular season where they lost back-to-back games. They adapt. They respond. They're showing those exact same tendencies this season. Don't get me wrong. I think they're, once again, invincible after a loss. They don't lose back-to-back games. And last night, they made their run in the third quarter. Philly outscored the Bucs in the first quarter. Then the Bucs slightly outscored Philly in the second quarter. And then in the third quarter, they held Philly to 23 points. The Bucs dropped 32. They made their run. The Sixers actually outscored the Bucs in the fourth quarter. But coming out of halftime, the Bucs made adjustments. The Bucs responded. The Bucs listened to their coach and went on a run to go and win the game in the third quarter. Which, a lot of times, the team that wins the third quarter, team that wins the game. That's nothing new. We saw that last year. We saw it last night. But the Bucks have started to do something else. They have added another wrinkle, another form of improvement. And it's something that, especially the last couple of games, and especially last night, it became very, very clear to me. This team has learned how to maximize both Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton, especially the last couple of games, and especially last night. The last five games... Chris Middleton and Giannis. These are their averages. Giannis, 32 points per game, 17.5 rebounds, almost 7.5 assists. He's shooting 54%. Chris Middleton, 28 points per game, 7 rebounds a game, 6.5 assists on 56% shooting, 56 from beyond the three-point line, and 96 from the free-throw line. 
So he falls within that 50-40-90 bracket. Chris Middleton averaging 28 a game. Giannis averaging 32. Meaning that when Giannis goes off and has an incredible game, it doesn't subtract from what Middleton is able to do. And when and when Middleton has a great game, it doesn't subtract from what Giannis is able to do. These two are coexisting. And they're coexisting in their best form, their most effective form. The Sixers, on the in, in the meantime, you might think that the more that Simmons and Embiid play together, the, the, the chemistry is going to get better, and they're going to learn how to play with each other and maximize each other's talents. No, in fact, it's been the opposite for Philly. While Chris Middleton and Giannis are learning how to play together and improving together, the Sixers, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, their pair of superstars, they're declining. I, I saw this statistic earlier today, and I actually I had to blink twice. I couldn't believe it. In 2017-2018, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons had a net rating, a combined net rating, the two of them, of 15.5. In 2018-2019, that dropped to 8. And in 2019-2020, it's dropped to almost 0 or almost below 0. It's dropped to 1.3. In the course of the last three seasons, the combined net rating of the two stars for Philly, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, has gone from 15.5 to almost 0 which means they're only about a point and a half above average. Giannis and Middleton are excelling. They're improving, and they're getting better playing together. The Sixers, the opposite is happening. Chalk that up to Coach Bud. Chalk that up to this team and their work ethic. Rick mentioned earlier, I thought it was a great point. When your best player is also your hardest worker, the rest of the team is forced to follow that example, and that's the case with the Bucks. Giannis is the hardest worker. So if you don't work hard, if you don't follow the example of number 34, you look like a clown. You look like you don't want it. And it, and it looks like you're not buying in. This Bucks team is buying in. And they're well coached. And they've learned how to play together. They've built experience. They've matured. And it's showing. Because Giannis and Chris Middleton are coexisting in their best, most effective forms. And most efficient forms. Last night, Chris Middleton, we want to talk about efficiency, scored 20 points. On 8 of 17 shooting. Giannis 13 to 25. He did have 36 points. Compare that to Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid was 6 of 26 last night. Took him 26 shots to get 19 points. Chris Middleton. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Coexisting in their most effective. And in their most efficient forms. Meaning they're getting the best out of each other. If you remember. Think back to this Packers season that just ended. Early on. What do we remember? There was the Devontae Adams games, like the Philly, like the Philly game, the, the Minnesota game in Week 2, and there were the Aaron Jones games. The game in Dallas is a great example, or the Oakland game. It wasn't until late in the season and in the postseason that Matt LaFleur and his coaching staff and the, the team as a whole figured out how to maximize Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones at the same time. Come up with a game plan that maximized both of those players, that involved both of those players, instead of saying, okay, well, this game, we're really gonna, we're just going to feed Adams. This game, we're going to feed Jones. In order to be the best possible offense, you need to maximize both. Those two players need to coexist. And in the Seattle game, I thought they did a really good job of that. It was very balanced. Matt LaFleur, through 24 plays, was 12 runs, 12 passes. Right? On perfect balance to maximize both players. And that takes time. And it took time for the Bucks. But last night... Watching Giannis and Middleton coexist, their, their games don't detract from each other. They don't get in each other's way. In fact, they create opportunities for each other. They create offense for each other. And, and that might sound easy, but it's, it, it's not. 
And if you've watched the Sixers, who of course the Bucks beat up on last night, you'd know that it's anything but easy because Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, they can't be effective on the court at the same time together. They have to stagger their minutes. The Bucks have got something really, really good going. And yeah, they're winning a lot of games. That's nothing new. They won a lot of games last year. You have to look a little bit deeper because they're even better than they were last year. They've made slight improvements. And if you're not paying attention, you'd almost miss it. But last night, man, it was like it was like poetry in motion. Giannis, the last five games, 32 points, 17 and a half rebounds, seven assists. Chris Middleton, the last five games, 28 points per game, seven rebounds, six and a half assists per game. These two guys at the to- are at the top of their game and, and they fit perfectly with each other. They fit absolutely perfectly with each other. When we come back, I want to continue to talk about the Bucks. We also have to preview just for a moment or two Sparta at Onalaska tonight. That game will be right here on WKTY and video streamed on all of our platforms. I'll give you details about that and wrap up our conversation about the Milwaukee Bucks. The 44 and 7 Milwaukee Bucks. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next here on WKTY. <laughs> Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. I'm looking forward to a very, very fun weekend. The XFL, we got football tomorrow. Might be a train wreck. It might be awesome. Either way, I'm kind of excited to find out that coming up tomorrow. Bucks basketball, we're looking forward to Brewers spring training as well. We're talking about the Bucks right now, and, and last night got me really excited about the Milwaukee Bucks. A couple weeks ago, I said I'm bored with the Bucks. I just want the postseason. Last night, I was engaged. I was locked in. I was enjoying that game. Not every game in an 82 regular season game schedule is going to be awesome. It's not all going to be compelling and interesting and meaningful. But every once in a while, you get a good game. You play the Celtics, play the Sixers, play the Raptors. Those are the games you got to strap in. You got to sit down. You got to listen. You got to watch. Uh, and last night didn't disappoint. The Bucks won 112 101. And once again, a third quarter run made it happen. As we've seen the last couple of years under Coach Bud, that's what they do. That's how they play. Also related to the Bucks, but not directly related to their game last night. The NBA All-Star Draft was yesterday, or it was aired yesterday, and, and the teams were announced yesterday. And it's Team Giannis and Team LeBron. I don't know if I prefer the East-West style All-Star game or if I prefer the captains All-Star game. Now, I think I'm engaged and I'm interested because Giannis is a captain and I'm obviously a Bucks fan, so I'm a Giannis fan. That gets me a little bit more interested. If it was East-West, I'd probably still watch, probably still like it, but I think because one of our players is a captain and is so involved in the process, we're a little bit more interested, a little bit more engaged. So these are how the team shook out. Team LeBron has Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, and James Harden. Those are his starters. Uh, his reserves are Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and DeMontis Sabonis. Team Giannis, his starters, other than, of course, himself, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, Trey Young, and his reserves are Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. Cool. All right. Sounds like two fun teams. When these were announced yesterday... People, they got all bent out of shape. Like, a lot of people, many people who host TV shows, who host radio shows, important people, influential people are on Twitter and on social media just ripping Giannis. He's a terrible GM. He's a terrible drafter. Okay, do, do, we, really, do we really care that much? And also, are these teams really that unbalanced? Like, are they, are they really that much different? I think Giannis has more established superstars. Kawhi Leonard is certainly more established than Pascal Siakam. 
And James Harden is certainly more established than Trey Young. But dude, Kemba Walker is a killer. Joel Embiid might be the most talented player in the NBA when he wants to be, which isn't very often as we saw last night. I don't think these teams are that unbalanced. Dude, Chris Middleton has been a baller. I'd want him as a reserve. Look, Bam Adebayo has been a baller, a great passer, and a great initiator and distributor of offense as well. Giannis has got Jimmy Butler on the bench. He's got Kyle Lowry. who I'd be fine if Kyle Lowry didn't even get to play at all. Rudy Gobert is a very good defensive player, although I think he's a little bit overrated in that department. I don't think these two teams are that unbalanced. Team LeBron would probably be favored if they played a legit normal NBA game. But here's the thing. Just like every other All-Star game that has ever been played in the NBA, it's going to be close until the final couple of minutes, and then they'll start trying. And it's whoever hits big shots down the stretch. Like I don't think either one of these teams is going to blow the other one out. That wouldn't be interesting. That wouldn't be fun. That's never how All-Star games go. So I'm just expecting that they're going to do their thing. They're going to have fun for three and a half quarters, and then they're all going to slap the floor. All right, let's go. Let's actually try to win for the last couple of minutes. Whoever hits a couple of big threes probably ends up winning. That's how the game goes. And I don't think Kawhi Leonard being on one team versus another, I don't I don't think it really changes it that much. I'm going to be 100% honest. And I don't care that much. It's cool that we get to announce the All-Stars and they get recognized and we get a break from games for these guys to enjoy themselves and, and to do some fun competition. I don't, God, I don't really care that much. I think everybody looks too far into this. That's what I think. Tonight, not an all-star game, but really good teams going at it, specifically on Alaska. They host Sparta. And like this week especially, we've talked a lot about central basketball because we've been talking about Kobe King. And we've been talking about the Central Mini Haha game on Sunday. We've been talking about Johnny Davis and this incredible tear that he's on. Maybe too incredible. Maybe Central's too reliant on Johnny Davis. We haven't really talked about on Alaska, who hung one on Lakeville North on Saturday and are currently the number one team in Division One in the entire state. Mostly because they beat Central a couple of weeks ago. But you can't take that one away from them. You can't downplay that game. And I think some of our listeners, I can think of a couple, and if you're listening, you know who you are, who like to text in, who like to call and say, give on Alaska their due. Give on Alaska their credit. On Alaska is a really, really good basketball team. Really, really good. But so are the Bucks. So are the Nuggets. So are the Raptors. Then why do everybody only talk about the Lakers and the Clippers and the Celtics and the Sixers? Because those teams are interesting. Those teams got the big names. Those teams have drama. Alaska doesn't have any drama. They just go out there and take care of business. McGrath is pulling down boards left and right. Sam Kick knocking down threes left and right. And Terrell Stutley is just a beast. I just love watching him play. I wish Terrell Stutley was coming to UWL because I think he would be so perfect to play with Coach Dernbach on UWL. Stutley, you don't got to shoot, my man. Just come play defense and just bang in the paint. Play physical basketball. God, it'd be fun to watch me at UWL. And it's going to be really fun to watch on Alaska tonight. They host Sparta. Tip-off just after 7 o'clock. You can listen on WKTY, and you can watch our video broadcast. If you've never checked it out, got the full scoreboard that updates in real time with the clock, and you get to hear the booming regal voice of Drew Kelly. That's presented by Firefighters Credit Union, and you can find that stream on our website, WKTYsports.com, and on our mobile app. So tune in. And enjoy. That starts in about an hour. I'll be there. Drew Kelly will be there. It's a great way to wrap up the week. I will be back to talk to you on Monday. Same time, same place here on the Wisco Sports Show. Have an awesome weekend. Talk to you then.